Hello, singular human being. I'm told to address you as a singular human being. Welcome to the Good Media Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Schuler, and on the podcast we have my brother Devante and my other brother Johnny. And on keys, Chance, the sound guy. They still don't have last names, and we'll get to that someday. This is the Good Media Podcast. Today we're talking about prayer, ultimate paradise, and personal relationship with Christ. Singular human being listeners. Johnny, you have some questions. All right, so I've been thinking about prayer for like the last couple of days, and I had some questions because we got all got different perspectives, and Devontae over here is a pastor who studied different things, and we've all got uh, relationships with God, relationship with prayer. So I've got three questions. So let's jump into the first one real quick. Um, and the first one is, why do we pray to God if God knows what we're going to say? Because he told us to, straight up. So if God didn't want us to do something, he wouldn't tell us to do it. Fair enough. I would I like just answer it straight up how it is, right? If when we approach questions like this, we tend to forget the truth behind the question. And so when I approach questions like this, I said, okay, well, all right, well, why do I do this? And if God is all knowing and so I could just do whatever. No, because the Bible tells us, and I might be mixing up something here, but the Bible pretty much tells us straight up that we should pray. Same thing with sin. If grace abounds, should we just then sin? By no means. Because the Bible says not to do it. It's not that, it's not like, it's like, so like are the you reason not, is irrelevant. Huh? So you're saying the reason is irrelevant either way, because God told us to do it anyway, so it doesn't matter specifically. Yeah, so it's a command by God. So I would say that you're disobeying God by not praying. So then if you want to adamantly and go ahead and disobey God, then I'm going to start to question you. I'm going to start questioning mm-hmm. some things. Like, why are you so adamantly against praying because God knows it anyway? So if you claim to be a Christian, what you're saying is you should pray anyway regardless. Yeah. So how, why not? Okay, let me ask you this question. Is, is, a, is Christianity a relationship with Jesus? Yeah, definitely. Okay. One hundred percent. If you're in a relationship, you don't talk to the person. No, of course not. That's what you do. I, that's, that's a good it. analogy because you can be in a relationship with someone and not talk to them. But what kind of relationship is that? I know that's toxic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the perfect <laughs> example of that. But well, here's a question to it, right? Because the main, I guess, the point of what I'm going at this question is um, because it's true. There are things in the Bible that God tells us to do that we don't need explanations for because. We just should do them, right? God is all-knowing and all-powerful, and he understands greater than we do the reasons why he tells us to do things. But pushing farther into that question, can we get past the human parts of ourselves where we're just like, we're just going to do it anyway without a reason? But I think as far as reasons go, that's one of the best ones I've ever heard. I think another reason for it is that it just helps us focus on what God is trying to tell us. I think if we didn't have prayer, then it would be just a little bit more difficult to focus directly and have that that relationship with God. It gives us that moment of almost like meditation, if you will, that moment of just like thinking and listening to what God is what is God is trying to say. Yeah, and you guys know this about me. I know you guys are gonna laugh your head off right now, but you know this about me. It's not all about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So when I pray, it's not all about me and what God can do for me is I think personally, and then I'm gonna look at we're gonna look at Matthew six in a bit here. Um 
and kind of just dissects a text where Jesus talks about prayer and all that stuff. But okay, before we jump into that, let me, let me say something here. When I pray, I'm thinking this. I want to be a part of what God has already has in his will. So when I pray, this is what I pray at the end of every prayer. I said, God, let your will be done. So I could want things. Like, what, say, say I, oh, God, I really, really want a job. And, and uh, oh, actually, let me give you a good example. So two weeks ago, I found out from the Moody's Chicago office that some paperwork got mixed up with my international status and I might be I might have to fly home and be out of the United States for two months. Um, I was had to pick up and leave my job and leave everything that I have here and go home. Um, scared out of my mind, right? I was paranoid. The first thing I did was pray. What, guess what prayer I prayed? God, let me be a person that moves with your will. So if you want me to go home, I want to be a part of that. Although it's hard. I want to pray that God, you know what's right and you have a sovereign plan for Devante's life, I want to be obedient to that plan. So that's what I prayed, the first thing I prayed. And I thought about my sermon that I prayed, I talked about trees bending and hurricanes, and the stubborn tree is always the tree that breaks, but the tree that moves with the wind is the tree that, that stays alive. Same thing, if, we, if I move with the will of God, although it can be tough at times, as hurricanes is pushing the tree, and it is hard on the tree, it's still the one that stays standing because it's moving with the wind instead of trying to fight the wind. And so I pray that prayer, like, God, instead of me trying to fight you on this, let me allow your will to be done. That's how I pray. So that's kind of my That is an amazing analogy. Yeah. Every time you, I ask you a question, you've always got another amazing analogy. <laughs> I've never thought about it like that. That's a perfect way to like, oh, there's there's like our will and God's will. And it's a tree in a storm, right? A storm. And it, the best way to do it, you know, because everyone always thinks about Christianity. is like, you have to be the most stubborn person ever and just reflect, you know, just bounce everything off yourself. It's like, no, you got to bend to the will of God because his will is way better than yours. There's nothing that you're going to be able to do that saves yourself from your will. If you're that stubborn tree in the hurricane, you break. Exactly. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The exactly. ones that bend to God's will, they survive the storm. So I got a slight further question about yeah. that. Should we attempt to explain things that God has asked us to do? I was reading this book on uh, psychology uh, over the past week, and it kind of addressed that. I wish I had this book to quote it, but it was kind of saying that God has presented this whole entire world for us, right? And he's a creator, and he has created us as beings that are creative, and that we should seek to understand what God has created and what is in front of us, right? With the understanding that, no, we won't understand every single little piece and maybe our answers will never become definite, right? But we are still given the gift and the ability to create and discover. If we were, if you look at it kind of like broadly, right? If we were never meant to really ask and question and search the things that God has done, right? That we would never be where we are right now, right? If, because God, like, for instance, right? God created water, right? And water acts in certain ways that we have researched and because we understand how water acts in certain ways, we're able to use it, right? For the good things and bad things and whatever way that we use it, right? So that can be the, applied as the same principle to things in the Bible, right? And when you ask yourself, why does God why does God have us pray, right? Maybe it's that searching to better understand why God has us pray and gives us a better appreciation for what we have. The book explained it way better than I just did. That's pretty good. So it's like um, 
I think that's totally true. I think there's an inherent part of human beings that makes us want to understand things. Most of, I'd say, kind of the accomplishments of humanity from a secular point of view and just any point of view really are based on what we've learned, right? Learned about medicine, learned about technology, learned about people, the way things work, right? Our accomplishments come from what we learn. So I think maybe the value of trying to understand God is to learn more so we can answer questions that we, you know, other questions that we have. I have a lot of questions that you can't specifically find a verse in the Bible that just directly responds to it. But someone has done the thought and the research in it and developed ideas that check out, you know, throughout all the different ways and different verses throughout the Bible that help explain that and help me understand, right? Maybe the Bible doesn't necessarily need to point out and answer that specific question, but it does answer that question in a way. I think Devontae and I, we were talking about this over the week. It's, it's that missing puzzle piece that makes us search and just kind of like really dive deeply into certain subjects. And if we'd never had that missing puzzle piece, we would never do that. We would be lazy. We would be unimaginative. So it's those missing puzzle pieces that pushes us to find those answers. Hi, everybody. Unfortunately, I have to leave the podcast, but I will be back. So enjoy Johnny, Devante, and Chance, the audio guy. So, so Jamal had to lead the podcast, um, but we've got Chance in here subbing in. I'll do my best. Um, all right, so to the question. Based on those questions that we just asked and what the conversation we just had, what do you guys think about apologetics? Because there's two sides of the arguments that I've heard. One is that apologetics is the way you're going to reach secular people because it's an explanation. You're, you're appealing to the part of them that you're like, hey, you normally agree with information because you agree with the sources and it just makes sense, right? You believe that the earth is round because we have evidence that the earth is round. You believe in God because of all the evidence for God. Then there's the other set of apologetics, which is like you draw lines in the sand between people, it turns into a big argument, right? Atheists versus apologetics people, and it just has nothing to do with like the church. Yeah, you know, I actually have uh, a personal experience with this. Um, my sophomore year of college, um, I actually um, lived with a... a person who would describe himself as an evangelical atheist. And um, we spent many nights talking until three, four in the morning. Uh, and it was, it was weird because we, we both really enjoyed it. We both asked each other a bunch of questions every single time. Uh, we would come away feeling like both of us were better for it, but in, in opposite directions, which was weird. Um, but it, it really, it, Honestly, I, I credit an atheist to the most spiritual growth in my life, which is very weird. But if it wasn't for him pushing, uh, kind of pushing back and, and making me go down and, and dig through the answers and, and try to explore it for myself, um, then I don't, I don't think I would have been pushed at all. And I would have been just lukewarm, kind of like, oh, you know, I love Jesus, but I hate the, the institution of the church and all that other stuff. Um, but that was all... Because of the pushback, um, I found the importance of fellowship, and it's because of that uh, that I grew the most that that I ever would have. I totally agree. I'm I'm a person working towards a degree in engineering, so for me, most of the things are based on you know I live in a very um, science first world, and one thing I just want to say real quick is that I do not believe that there's like science versus God that makes no Absolutely sense to me. Not. It doesn't, it doesn't like, that doesn't even apply. Science versus God is not even, it's like saying water versus light. That doesn't make sense. If you, if you think one disproves the other, I don't care what side you're on, you're wrong. Yeah, exactly. Period. Yeah. Um, but I, I totally agree. A lot of the times I've done a lot of, um, 
learning and growth just based on things that people have said from a secular point of view about science and just questions about like, what about this? And what about this? And it makes me really have to dive deep and really explain it, not to them to, to, to go back and rebuttal and answer their question, but explain it to myself because I need the answer for that question, right? I have to be able to understand and, you know, have the ability to say that to someone else and believe it. So I got a quick question. Um, how do you define apologetics? So here's here's the Chance Busey Spark Notes version of what apologetics is. Apologetics is trying to answer or at least um, giving a direction towards an answer or at least some self-discovery on the big questions of life, um, specifically with when you start talking about Christian apologetics, you start talking about, you know, why Jesus? Why should I follow this guy? Um you know, what, what is this whole religion thing about? Um, and then exploring that. I guess more so just more exploration through question and answer is, is the, I guess, Chance BC Sparknotes version of what apologetics is. Yeah, the most condensed version of that question I've heard answered is just that, like, what apologetics tries to do is answer the question, does God exist, entirely using secular information, right? We can't go... He exists because the Bible says he exists. Well, what if you don't believe in the Bible, right? So that's where apologetics comes from. It comes from the idea of, like, you know, the universe is perfectly aligned and things like that, and how does our body work, and things are so complicated, and um, what is that term that they use? Um, do you remember what that term is? That, that It comes from the idea of, like, there's a clockmaker, it's a clock in the forest, someone has to make that clock. It's like universe. No, it's not it's universal design or um, intel. Uh, oh, intelligent design. So it's the idea of using yeah, intelligent, intelligent design, design yeah. that there's evidence that naturally intrinsically exists in the world that we have without thinking about the Bible necessarily to prove that God exists. Yeah, and I think I think the big point that you hit is is using secular arguments, um, removing religion from religion, which is. Um, well, that's why I think a lot of people yeah. have an issue with the apologetics. Like, where's the place of it if it's just to prove God, but that doesn't make people have a relationship with God. Yeah. You can believe in God and not have a relationship with God, which, you know, I don't think happens very often as far as a human base goes, but, you know, it says in the Bible, even the demons believe in God. You're no better than them if you're just believing in God. Well, I think a lot of um, a lot of agnostics kind of run into that problem is, is they um, may acknowledge the existence of a God, but they may not want to dive into a relationship with God. Um, you know, I have, I have people that say, you know, I... I am on the fence about whether God exists. I, I don't think that we're all here by just random occurrence. Um, but, you know, I, I see, like, for, for an example, here's an example of, of a kind of an apologetic-leading uh, conversation, a big question, uh, why do bad things happen? Like, okay, obviously the universe didn't create itself, whatever, whatever you want to believe. Um, but uh, if a God did create this universe why did he also create all the bad things? If he's really omnipotent, all-powerful, he's always there, why did he create bad things? Why does cancer exist? Why does death happen? All this other stuff. And that's where you need to kind of remove yourself from your own personal, maybe, beliefs. However, they, they can be influenced on um, your previous findings uh, through through attaining your answer um, through secular, uh, I guess, proof or... Yeah, kind of. So I'm going to say something. We probably cut it out. Um, what's his name? Something Dawkins? Richard Dawkins. Richard Dawkins. So the the idea of apologetics, and this applies everywhere else, right, where you explain something purely based on the logic of something. So Richard Dawkins 
has that idea of like you can just explain away God based on the information we have and morality doesn't exist because we're all just beings right it's like computers computers don't have morality animals are animals they don't have morality right so there's nothing that's moral because that's what well one of C.S. Lewis's arguments is that we all have an internal morality which proves that God exists because we can't give ourselves morality there's nothing intrinsically in the universe that you can measure morality with that you just give someone there's no morality blood there's no morality gland it just is in you somehow and we don't know how it got there which means there's got to be something out there that exists bigger than us that put it there right and that's the idea that's the explanation of that so but there are some atheists who go well that's just cultural conditioning to believe in morality morality doesn't really exist it's everything is entirely not you know absolute so morality is just kind of what is your culture belief and because of that he was pushed into the corner or not pushed into the corner but he was asked a question that if you do believe in those sort of things you kind of have to answer and the question is if that's true that means murder is totally fine uh rape is okay pedophilia is okay because if morality doesn't exist then it's only us who defines what's bad and humans can define things in opposition to what other humans are so maybe for one town murder is totally fine so if you believe in those lines you kind of have to accept the responsibilities of your belief and the same thing goes for christians if you believe in god and you believe in what it says in the bible or just believe in that something had to make this, you have to accept the responsibilities of your belief. I think it's spot on. I think it's, but as it pertains to apologetics, um, I think apologetics means defense, to defend the faith, to justify the faith, I guess, per se. And um, I think what you're talking about there just now is apologetics. You defend the faith in a sense of like, how does the faith pertain to morality or how does the faith pertain to, you know, this, you know? It's kind of those hypothetical rabbit holes that you just keep going exactly. down. Or like answering the questions, like you brought up the questions of like why bad things happen, you know? Like answer those. Like the, the If this Christianity is something, why does this happen, you know? And so like, yeah, that's what I think apologetics is. It's just pretty much defense to the faith. So my next question is, what is the relationship between prayer and worship? So you got two ways of going at it, right? One of them is like, how does prayer affect your worship? Or can you pray and worship? And how does that make it come together? Because prayer, one of the ideas is you do it by yourself, and it conditions you to be in connection with God, right? You're praying, your eyes are closed, you're not distracted by anything else, and you're just talking directly to God. You are put your, putting yourself in a position to better focus on God. A lot of those definitions of what prayer is for fit in line with the definitions of what worship is for. You're putting yourself in a position to better connect with God. So there comes the question of, is prayer worship? How are they separate? What's the difference? Why do you do one in public as opposed to private? For At, at risk of, of being very direct and maybe missing a point or two, um, prayer is worship, but worship is not necessarily prayer. It's like... Uh, a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle isn't necessarily a square. Mm-hmm. Um, where you have prayer, where you're uh, opening yourself up to God. Um, but worship, I feel, is more of a physical action that you do, uh, whether it's sing songs, whether it's um, uh, go and volunteer at a homeless kitchen. Whatever you do, do it for God, um, being worship. Um Prayer, though, is more of a conversation. However, uh, prayer, communicating with, building on that relationship, is, in a sense, worship as well. 
if that if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, because it sounds like there's a lot of times people say, I worship through this, I worship through service, I worship through and I think there's a, a good understanding there where like you're saying one can be the other, but the other isn't necessarily Yeah, and one. like if you're if you're singing in church, you can definitely sing the songs as prayers. I mean, look at Psalms. They're all songs, right? Mm-hmm. Am I am I in the right yeah, chapter? They're all, yeah, yeah all they're the all songs. songs. They're meant to be sung and they're prayers. There's there's no there's no fine line that says prayers cannot be worshipped. Yeah, no. What do, the, get the biblical <laughs> scholar up here? No, I'm not. I'm not coming for no. No, 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 no. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, some I think some of the I think some of the psalms are prayers um, from the heart, you know, and some of them are songs also from the heart. And um, so you see David crying out to God um, in in some of these in some of these psalms, and it's like that is a prayer to God, and so. As you talk about how prayer pertains to worship, I think it's all... First, you have to define what is worship. Let's put it that way. You have to define what is worship. And then after you do that, um, after you define what is worship, then you have to look at what prayer is. So let, let me, let's let just take a step back and look at what is worship, you know? And I feel like worship has given everything from us and unworthy beings giving everything to the, to the almighty God, a worthy God, a God, a God who's worthy of it. So in everything that we do and all that we do, we honor and praise as our unworthy selves, we give honor and praise to an almighty God. So that's what we're doing. We're, we're giving praise and honor to the almighty God in every stance. So if prayer comes into that, then prayer is a part of worship. So that's why you hear me say something like, um, let's prepare for musical worship because then you have, Worship by music, you have worship by the word. So here in the sermon, you know, that's all a part of worshiping God. We're given honor and glory and praise to a God that's worthy of it. That's what we're doing. So, so the final question about prayer is, Jesus is God. Why does he pray? It says in the Bible that he prays. It says that he goes off um, in specific places at specific times to pray. He separates himself from disciples. He prays with his disciples. Why does God pray? Why does Jesus pray? He's God. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for the hard question, Johnny. Um, I really appreciate that. I'm going to pack up my bags now, and I'm going to leave. <laughs> see you in two months. Yeah, see me in actually two years. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, good question. I thought about this, too. I'm like, man, if Jesus is God, why does he pray to God? God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's note to selfing himself up there. Yeah, he's like, like, he's like, God save me. Okay, good. Note and then to I self. do this thing. Uh, yeah, I know. But let's rewind the tables a bit. I think we overthink it a little bit too much. <laughs> and that's what causes us to get into the place that we're in. Yeah. And let me show you what I mean by that. Who is Jesus praying to? I would say to God. Exactly. God the Father. God the Father. Yes. Exactly. A different person. In the Godhead, so is if prayer is communication and it's a communication we communicate to God because of the relationship we have with Him. Couldn't Jesus have a relationship with the Father and want to communicate with that with the Father? Maybe that's the reason He prays. But let's look at His prayer, though. It's 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 amazing because this is what He says: "Father, the hour has come." I'm just gonna read a little bit of it because this is Jesus. Has a very lengthy prayer. If he was a preacher, he preached very long. Mm-hmm. Look at the sermon in Mark. Anyway, um, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that glorify your son that the son may glorify you. Since you have 
given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom have you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may that they know you, the only true God and Jesus whom you have sent. So a little bit of what he's talking about. So Jesus is now praying into the will of the Father. If you look at it. So we talk um, John 17 is where is the, is the is Jesus prayer. Um and he's talking about pretty much what he's doing here is he's communicating with the Father. Father, your time the time has come. The Father knows the time. So he's talking in the will. I feel like this is what I feel like is going on. Um, um glorify your son. He's just saying he's saying what's gonna happen. He's just pretty much talking into the will of the Father. Is what I think is going on here. And so we see this big prayer that Jesus is going on. He's just in the will of the Father. And he's praying into the will in his humanity. So don't forget that as much as Jesus is God, he's also 100% human. So in his humanity, he's praying in the relationship that he has with the Father. You remember, you have Father, Son, and Father and Son has a relationship. And Holy Spirit also has a relationship. So he's talking. It's a mayor of Jesus crying out to Father, which is, I think, fine. It doesn't lessen him at all. Because if we could communicate with God, why can't Jesus do that? God the Father. Because now what we're doing is we, we're putting all, we're, we're trying to get into Trinitarian stuff, which is very hard. I am, but when it comes to Trinitarian stuff, I have no, like, I'm not going to, I'm going to be honest. Like, I've been to Bible college, that doesn't mean that I could, I don't have no handle or grip on that. I do not know. But I could say this, like, we have to be careful that we're not going to, we're not making him this oneness. Mm-hmm. So we're not saying that, so how could God pray to God? Well, remember, although we're one Godhead, there's still three persons in the Godhead. Yeah, we're not, we shouldn't put human bounds of ideas of what one is or what three is in yeah. God. God is supersedes our Because this is a mystery is. going on. The Trinity is a mystery going on, right? It's like, this is like a really mystical thing happening. And so, but, but when we say, oh, Jesus is God, he's praying to God. Like, how does that work? Why does he need to do that if he's just God? He can just do it. You, you, you put out the relationship side of the, th- the other persons in the Trinity. He's talking to another person. Another part of the Godhead. One God, three persons. Mm. Like, the, like the song Holy, Holy, Holy says, God and three persons, blessed Trinity. <laughs> I was thinking the Chris Tomlin. Which one? Um, Don't sing it too well, otherwise we got copyright shredded. <laughs> <laughs> you have uh, way too much faith in me. I believe in you, man. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, the Godhead three in one, Father, Spirit, Son. That one? Yeah, Never yeah. Made. How great is our God? Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the common song, Chance. Come on. Bruh, it's late. <laughs> it's Monday. It's, uh, we record these on a Monday, if yeah. you didn't know. So, that is fun. Yes, but yeah. So, not to go too far off, um, but based on the same thing. God, in, during that time when God was praying, when Jesus was praying to God, he was. I want to use the right words here. Uh, he was crying out to God, and he asked him a question. He said, God, can you uh, take this cup from me? Right? And I would assume, and I don't know, I'm going to strain to some pretty gray territory here. Uh, <laughs> so, one, why is, God, why is Jesus asking God a question he knows the answer to? Two, does, God, does Jesus seem scared in this scenario? And if that's true, is fear okay? Woo, so... 
I preached a sermon about Jesus as the only way. I need to go to your church, man. And this is a punchline. This was my punchline. Think about this. Why is Jesus the only way, right? You believe that Jesus is the only way, to, right? True. You have to believe in Jesus Christ to make it to heaven. This is why. You said a piece of the verse. You didn't say the whole thing. Jesus said, if there is any other way, let this come past me. So if Muhammad could do it, let him do it. If Buddha could do it, let him do it. If there is any other way, let this cup pass me. What, Jesus, what statement is Jesus making at this point? There's no other way than through him. Hmm. God, that was my point, right? That was one of my points in the things that God doesn't know. God doesn't know how to bring you to himself unless through himself. It's no other way. And Jesus is saying that this, I'm going to bear the sins of the world on me. God, and if there's any Anyway, this almost made me tear it up because think about this. This man is about to take a cross. He was about to be laid on a cross. Like, he's about to lay his life down with everything that he had. And he said this, Father, if there's any other way, if you can please send Muhammad, if you could find anybody as perfect and sinless like your son to do it, to pay the atonement debt for the world, if you, Father, can do that, let this cup pass me. But there was no way. Jesus made a statement there. And we missed it because we were worrying about if Jesus knew or this and that. No, he made a big statement. There was no other way for the Father to let the, the cup couldn't pass him. We missed that whole point. Mm-hmm. We just thought, well, gee, Jesus got actually scared. No. Jesus made a big, bold statement, man. He said, if there's any other way, if Devante could do it, send him. If Johnny could do it, send him. Because this is, you know what was about to happen? We're about to hear Jesus scream out, Father, why have you forsaken me? We're about to hear, like, we're going to see this man be whipped and beaten in his humanity. That's painful, man. He was bruised for our iniquities. So the Bible tells us. So that's why I think he said that. He made a bold statement. Hmm. So did, did Jesus has a fear? Is he scared of what's going on? I wouldn't say that. I've been I mean, probably in this humanity. Yeah, it's a little bit of frightened there. Like, okay, whoa, like, gee, yeah, this is about to. I'm about to get whipped and beaten bad. But he knew he had to do it. Because mm. I would think. Because remember, before this, he was telling his disciples that he had to go and go ahead and do it. Right. That's what he was saying. And so, no, I I think that was the punchline for the big thing. I was like, Jesus himself in Scripture says this. He says that if there's any other way, Father. Take that cup away from me. But it wasn't. So he got he went to that cross. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah. No, you nailed that one. That was like that's perfect answer. That I was I just I, I, I just thought I about very that. Much I thought that, yeah. about that. You know, I it was amazing when that came to my mind. Um when I was thinking about that. Like for me, when I when I'm writing sermons, man, I'm mind blown of how awesome God is. Like I don't know. I remember your brother Mateo was telling me, like, Craig, this is why you have to pray through your sermons, and that's why you have to do all these things through your sermons. It's unwritten. I'm thinking about that when he's saying that, like, man, I hope I, I hope I do that enough. I hope I'm in my word enough doing this because, like, what God is doing internally to the preacher, I hope, I pray that this is happening. What he's doing internally to you, man, I never thought of it that way. And when he did that to me, that that revolutionary, my that 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 just changed. My whole faith. Now, I mean, of course, it didn't change the way I believe in God, but like, it made me even feel far more deeply in love with Jesus, because it it shows his emotion that my Savior had emotion. 
my savior realized what he was about to do, and he realized how hard it was. And he said, think about this. He said this to his own father, that if there's any other way. And it wasn't, and he went with it. He, and I always like to think about this. There is, when a whip was whipped on Jesus, on his side spells the name Devante. Because if I was there, I'd probably been one of the guys whipping him. And he knew that, and he did it. He knew that it was going to be that way. That's what that passage shows me. That Jesus knew that he was going to be slain for the world, and he did it. He knew there was no deflecting this responsibility. Oh, yeah. It had to be done. It had to be, and it had to be him. Who, who else could have done it? Who else was perfect enough? Who had no sin? Who could atone? Who could, who could God pour his wrath on? I don't think there's anyone. So that's why I Savior did it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. This particular is my father. If it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. <laughs> if it is possible, which means it is impossible. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And what he said then, like I just read the last section, which you just said after that. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. Not in my humanity, which when I go here, I know I'm going to get beat up. But what you want, Father, is what is going to be done. That's why I pray that way. Remember we talked about that earlier? That's why. You see what he said? Not my will. Not what Devante wants. Not because Devante wants a new job, the new car, the new house, or whatever. But what you want for Devante. Not because Devante wants to stay in the United States and continue to work to One Hope Church. No. What is your will for Devante's life? And so that when we, when I hope when we pray, that's what we're doing. Because even Jesus did it. He said, not my will, but yours. The song Man of Sorrow says, bowing to the father, Father's will, what? He took a crown of thorns. I, don't, I just love the Bible. I don't know if you can I just love it. I'm a oh big fan. <laughs> I just love. How could oh, <laughs> people not love this guy? How could you not love you? How could you not want to be with this guy? How could you not want to cherish him and see him in all his glory? Like, how did you, I, how could you just want to bow to his feet, whatever it is? What? I remember telling one of my friends at Moody, I was like, if I was never a Christian, because, you know, my biggest fear, being a, a false Christian. <laughs> Falling but off the bridge. if I'm never a Christian, I just, I still want to live to the glory of God. Because I just want to serve that man who did that. Whatever it is. That is amazing. Like, I don't, I just don't, I don't, it blows me. I just, I, maybe I'm too obsessed with the Bible. Something's wrong with me. But I'm like, this, how? I, I don't understand. How could you not in delight in that? How could you get not, like satisfaction to the soul that you are so freaking messed up and someone would lay down their life for that. Holy smokes, man. Like if you understand the weight of your own sin, then you'd realize how much you need him. Mm -hmm. And then you would, mm, anyway, I'm done. <laughs> and, and kind of tying that back to uh, apologetics that we were talking about earlier, uh, one of the points that one of my um, apologist friends, as, as Devante cools down here, uh, <laughs> One of the one of the points that I saw through a Facebook status through one of my apologetics friends is even if Jesus wasn't who he said he was, who he claimed to be, he is still worth following. And the lessons that he taught are still worth absorbing. And, I mean, I believe that he is who he says he is. Uh, Devontae, obviously, uh, still on fire over there. Uh, but, man, just that... 
the gravity of if he was if he really died for nothing, his life and how he lived his life is still worth following. I think it shows you really that like the value in having a relationship with having a relationship with God isn't that like oh you get saved from heaven which you know is incredibly valuable but it's the re- saved from hell saved from hell we'll clarify that one <laughs> the <laughs> the value in a relationship with God isn't that you're saved from hell but it's the relationship with God it absolutely just is the number one it's everything. It's it's like it's so hard to find words to something that describes that because it's like there's no, it's the priority. It's the number one. You do it anyway. Johnny, let me give you an example. <laughs> you say you hit this right on the head. Actually, I, I, I've been picking Johnny. Let me give it, let me get a chance here. Let me chance. Oh no! Tell me, no, tell I'm me. Here, somebody turn the I'm AC on in at. this room. Tell me, tell me, tell me your dream life right now. Give me, give me a, what it looks like. Give me a dream life. My dream life. Yeah. Um. On well, earth. Sailing, yeah, on earth, on earth. Just, sailing every day. Mm, sailing every day. The uh, best taking, sailboat, Taking right? my brother Devante out yep. every day uh, on the boat. The best sailboat, right? You have best a kitchen sailboat. in there and everything. Oh, yeah. All oh, right. yeah. Right. Uh, big boat. Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of my friends. They all know what they're doing. That's that's a big key. Um, I guess, I'm guessing big media, because you're in the media, big media company. Uh, maybe. Okay. Um, okay. You know, I, I would more so appreciate a passive income. Okay. Uh, I would appreciate not working very hard, if at all. Uh, you know, but um, where were you going with this? I'm gonna ask because if this is the question. Okay, so what's, this, what's what my about? this is the question. This is the question. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I think and I'm gonna show you. And I'm gonna show you what because yeah, okay, you said okay. it's not to save us from hell, right? If you could get all of that, or to be with Jesus, so forget hell. Hell doesn't exist anymore. It's you, it, this is the two options you have. That was another question that my friend asked. Exactly. If, if you heaven did only, not include Jesus. No, it's not even that. It's just, it's just. I think, actually, you, you were there the Monday I talked about this. It's like, forget, your two options was in heaven or hell. Your two options was your best life, sailing and everything, or Jesus Christ. What would you take? Let me give my perfect life. My perfect life is, I want a Dodge Ram 3500 diesel engine, Cummins engine. Oh, yeah, I remember speed, now. Yeah, yeah. And I want a hybrid Camry, right? I want to live in the middle of Idaho, and and and, and I want to I want to pastor a church, a small little church with about eighty people, and be away from society. I just be just be in my own. Pl- and you know, You're just more minister. Than I thought I am. Yeah, very conservative. <laughs> You're way more conservative. Doesn't get more conservative than Central Idaho. Uh, Potato Land, man. That's where homeschool my kids on the Abeka system. I'm telling you, I have (laughs) dream life. But the question is, if God says Devante, have it all, have it all, have the perfect kids, have five beautiful kids called Herbert, Helga, Earl, Irma, and Gerald. Have them all. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, are those the names? Those are bad names. I just, I just. Where are you from? This is Jamaican out there named Herbert. <laughs> if you get, Helga. If God says, <laughs> if God says, have it all, have all of that, or me, what would I choose? That's the question. If it wasn't hell, if it wasn't a burning fire, because see, that's what it we do. Paradise. We, fit, we, 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 put it, we put it like this. We say, you don't want to burn. You see this, <laughs> take, the kid, take the kids out to camp. Look at that fire. You see how hot that is? Hell is ten times harder than oh, that. Oh, Jeremiah is gonna be yeah. jealous. You I know, I know. Oh. That's Jeremiah's line. That's what they do. Instead of saying, "What if it was different? What if it wasn't hell? What if Jesus said, choose me, or have everything you ever wanted?'" What would you choose? Would you still follow Jesus in that aspect? Would you be in love with His glory and His awe? Would you want to be with Him? That's where it gets scary. 
this is actually sparking a question that actually I, I kind of had. And, and when we were tossing around ideas for the topic, this is, this is the big one that I had, um, uh, being friends with, um, non church going kind of religiously ambiguous friends. Um, we, we get together and, and we watch some stand up comedy pretty regularly. Uh, one of which is my favorite atheist, uh, stand up comedian, Jim Jeffries. And he, uh, throughout his his routine will take jabs at at religion um specifically christianity and one of the things that he he kind of raised in his most pre or most most recent special is um his view on on kind of a similar question just a different angle through looking through a different lens um why would i worship a god and, and going back to apologetics, kind of tying this all together, uh, why would I worship a God that says, hey, either love me or GTFO? Exactly. Because that's how we teach it. It's so human-centric. It's so like, do you, you know what you get? If like you make this trade, you get everything you want. And then like it's God's involved up, somewhat, man. but you get everything you want, right? And I think, right, you make an, an excellent point. We got to really and honestly think about what our answers to that question. I know. I, I think I'm, we're, I'm thinking about it right now. I think <laughs> we're focused like, on all the good things that, that we could have, but what would it take to, what would we need to sacrifice to have that real love, or loving relationship with Jesus? But he's more focused on if I don't accept him, I just have nothing. It's what's, what's the disconnect there? There's, there's kind of weirdly two sides to it, right? Which is, you get everything, but you don't get God. Like, you don't get any of that, that relationship with him at all. And I've said this before to someone else, but my entire kind of existence and why I do what I do is built on, like, I believe in, if someone, if tomorrow, I don't even know how this could even happen. If somehow someone convinced me that God didn't exist, some I don't even know how this could happen, right? Like, even if, like the dome of the earth came off and was like, surprise, you guys are living in a dome underground. I'd be like, still be like, all right, cool, God made a dome. But if it happened anyway, it would destroy and wreck my entire being because I'm like, is everything meaningless? Is, is there nothing that exists? Is it, what am I? Like, every question goes away. There's nothing that, it, so like, if you ask the question, if you get God or you get paradise, what is paradise if your internal brain is just messed up to like, it's blended. You've got nothing left. Yeah. And I feel like honestly to our to our like to our human minds paradise to us is all the stuff we our material. Not and I say our because I'm just like that. You know? Thank God for the saving grace of Jesus Christ cuz Devante is just like that. My material mind wants to run after the material things. I don't want to surrender. In my sinful nature, that's not what I want, I want to happen. Rather, what I want is for me to just want material things. That's what my sin nature wants that. But God is so gracious that he plants himself in me. And it, it slowly changes my desire to want him. Even when the Dodge Ram is calling my name. I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about, the, the big ones, you know, the Benz, the nice Cummings engine, you know, see, it's calling my name right now. 
Diesel, though. Diesel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why, why wouldn't you want a diesel truck? Okay, we get that. Anyway, back on topic. Yeah, back on topic. Because Torque. Because I never, <laughs> I never get a Ford because that's only a fend off a rusty Dodge. Anyway, so um, <laughs> I don't want to get. In the we car. were not paid by Chevy <laughs> for this podcast. Uh, that Dodge is not Chevy. Just saying. Also, Ram is okay. They're not paying me, so I should stop bragging. But um, all that to say, though, seriously, like that's how that's the nitty gritty to what we need to get down to. And I made me think about this, like. You have to crumble in awe of who Jesus Christ is and the person and work of him. And you will just delight in his in his glory. And these stuff, like I'm gonna quote Vodi Bakum. He's one of my the preachers I love to death. Here's what he said. God don't need you. Straight up. Let me show you I know God don't need you. Because when you die, because you will die earthly, when you die. The earth is going to still be spinning at the same pace that it was. And someone's going to get all your stuff. It's true. So true. It shows you, because we think, you know, human-wise, we think about material things so much. And it shows you, like, I would say, out of the list of things that are almost worthless, depending on a different context, you're dead, different context, your stuff is worthless. It's like it, the value goes to like negative zero. Now someone has to deal with getting rid of it, right? It's exactly. worse. Like it's so temporary and insignificant. Like think of any other, like you've got everything in the whole world. You're uh, Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the whole world. You can literally buy the moon if you wanted to or something like that, right? Jeff Bezos, and this is like, this is dark, but Jeff Bezos gets schizophrenia and now it's worth nothing because he believes he's a spider person haunted by the government and the sky is fake. It's worth nothing. Different context, it's worth nothing. Like, our priorities are so out of whack that we, because when we think about paradise, we go, oh, I want this, and I want that thing, and I want this thing. And no one's like, you know what I need? I want absolute, like, I want a relationship with God so I know for sure. I want to, like, to think about what would absolute paradise be? It'd be living in the will of God. Because God has exactly. the absolute perfect everything for you. He's the creator of the universe. Imagine if you had the creator, like, imagine if you could just, like, you know what? I'm going to live in the will of the creator of the universe. And no matter what's going on, I know, I'm in the God, and I know I'm in God's will. And it's just, like, it's perfect. Amen. That's what paradise looks like. Imagine so that. Good. Imagine living a life so where you're good. like, boom, you got it. And on another point, you can get that, actually. <laughs> Like, it's paradise, and you can get that. I know. For any listeners out there that don't know this, let me let you know right now. You are messed up. But in your messy, messed up life, Jesus died for you. And I just want to, just just to pause in our part. Like, this wasn't was planned. This total rabbit trail. But as as I, like, literally just... Gaze in the awe of God because of what we're reading and how much He prayed. And something that came to my mind, Johnny, you asked why Jesus prayed, is because He prays for us. Mm-hmm. He prays for us. That is the reason why. That's one of the reasons why Jesus prayed. He says, Remember. And I, I just, as we pause, like I said, this wasn't planned. For anybody who's listening and don't know, never had an encounter with the Savior. I want to say this right now that know that you're messed up. Know that from our internal being, we are sinful people. And it's nothing that we can do to make ourselves unsinful. There's nothing in our being that can make us that. But it is a person who did the work for us. It's a person who laid down his life 
for us. And if you haven't accepted him in your heart, this opportunity. Now, personally, I don't believe in a prayer, that the prayer has to do it or whatever. But if you want to make an intentional choice to make Jesus the savior of your life, if you want to make a conscious choice to say that I, from this time forth, will serve Jesus with all that I have given him glory, surrendering all, I mean every life plan, everything, for him and for his glory, this is your opportunity to do it now. That's amazing. And just a note on that, a relationship with God supersedes outrunning mm. the downsides of not being with God. Amen. A relationship with God goes beyond saving you from your sins. It's worth so much more than just a bulletproof vest. I think, Devontae, you just nailed it. Now I'll turn the mic back over to Jeremiah, who just walked back in the room. Jeremiah Schuler here, a.k.a. kind of the host, but not really the host of a good media podcast. I guess I just walked into something pretty great. That was cool. I usually don't say this. Like, you know, people's like, oh, you preach a good sermon. God preach a good sermon. You know, we talked about this. Yeah. But you walked into something great. God is great. Cool. <laughs> so true, though. It's so freaking true. I'll give the mic back to the uh, <laughs> And it goes, it goes back guy. to the good news is like, you can get that. It's not out, It's not unattainable. It's not by luck. No, it's available. Exactly. And you not can, only is it available, it has been extended to you. It has no prerequisite. No <laughs> like, prerequisite. Nothing. You don't have to go get your life ready. And people are like, go get right with God first come before you can come as to you. I are. Come to God and let him make you right. You can't clean the fish before you catch it. Exactly. So anyway, this I don't know how this turned into a gospel type of thing, but I'm glad that we have a savior. I'm just glad. I'm glad that he did that. Yeah. Because he didn't have to. We made it seem like we're owed something. God, you owe me. You 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 owe me the salvation. You don't owe me a you don't owe me a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yet you that's what makes it even better. You don't owe me it, and you did it. And that's why you want to be in a relationship with a person exactly. like that. That's why you would want to be in a relationship with God because yeah. he did that just beyond. He doesn't owe us anything. No. <laughs> and he did it anyway. Exactly. You know how much times like, we think, like we, sometimes even me, I'm like, I think that I'm owed something. Like I make a mistake and I sometimes, you know, you know the pay forgiveness. God owes me the forgiveness because I'm a believer. I better get that crap out of my mind. <laughs> you don't owe me a jack squat. Yeah. He doesn't owe me anything. I owe it all to him. Every ounce of it, man. Every single ounce. See my tail over there holding his chin? Even his chin is owed to, to God. It's God's chin. Put it on Mateo's face. It's seriously, though. Like, I know I joke around a lot, and I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I like to make jokes, and it's funny. But seriously, I think Johnny is spot on, man. You know. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, we've got all the scripture that we referenced down in the comments section. Uh, like us if you can. Share us with the people who you think would be interested in these kind of conversations. Shoot us a question on Facebook, or if you're on Anchor, you can leave a voicemail. We will respond. We're looking to answer questions uh, the same way that we answer questions today. Thanks so much for listening, and have a good one.